Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. and mercy. And if the truth be told, we're only here because we serve a faithful and a loving God. If the truth be told, we're only here because God is a faithful God. And it's about time that we learn to worship him in spirit and in truth. This is the first time in a year that we've been together, actually 13 months, and all you can do is sit down and look around. That's all you got? It's been 13 months, and that's all you can do is sit and look at me? How about giving God some praise? God just a little more. How about giving God all a fresh worship today? Oh, we ought to bless this name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless your name, oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yeah. 
thing, and I said, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I said, Lord, if I tell the church what I really think, I'll probably get fired today. I said, but Lord, I need to tell them that it's time for us to fight back with righteousness. It's time for us to stand up in the name of Jesus. It's time for us to speak life in a dark world. It's time for us to stand up and be disciples of Jesus Christ. It's time for us to get excited about worship. It's time for us to get excited about serving. It's time for us to get excited about salvation. It's time for us to get excited about what God has done for us. Oh, I wish I had a witness. So my prayer today, dear God, is that you would fire us up. That you bless us, oh God. I'm even praying right now, dear God, that whatever it is in our lives that has taken our eyes off of you, that you take it right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray right now that distractions among your people will dry up. I pray right now, dear God, that worldly interests will diminish in our lives. And once again, we can be excited about knowing you. I pray, dear God, that we repent for our sins. I pray, dear God, that one day we can raise up holy hands and worship you in spirit and in truth. I pray, dear God, that one day we can testify that there is nobody like you, oh God. I pray, dear God, that we can tell a dying world that Jesus is alive. I pray, dear God, that we will be witnesses to your people and to this world. Oh, that you are a faithful, a just, and a righteous God. And I pray all of these blessings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. 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 In John chapter 9, in verse number 35, Jesus heard <laughs> that they had thrown him out. If you recall, last week, Reverend Bell shared with us that the blind man was healed. Anybody in here ever been healed? Anybody want to give God just 30 seconds of praise that you've been healed? Anybody? Anybody been healed of anything? Woo! Sometimes we need to be healed from ourselves. We're so full of ourselves sometimes that we just don't see God. What I found fascinating about this scripture is that after the blind man was healed, the Jews, Reverend Marlin, were telling him about the Sabbath and what was inappropriate about his healing. The world is full of people who will tell you what's inappropriate about your behavior. I've had people come to our church and they tell me it doesn't take all that. 
I said, well, when you were in the nightclub, it took all of that. When you out drinking all night, it took all of that. When you're doing what you want to do in the world, it takes all of that. And you got the nerve to come and tell me that we can't worship God in spirit and in truth and get happy about it? I said, maybe you're in the wrong place. Because sometimes it takes all of that. Because if we're honest enough to reflect just one minute about what God has done and the deliverance that God has given us, we ought to sow some signs every now and then. And what I think is interesting about this text is that it's about being spiritually blind, but I understand that there are many different types of blindness. Brother Sammy, sometimes we think that blindness is a physical condition, but blindness is also a spiritual condition because there are blind folk in the church right now. There are blind folk who think they see God who have missed God altogether. There are blind folk who think that they're bearing witness and nobody hears them at all. So they were criticizing the man and they were critiquing him and they were questioning him about this man that he said that healed him. And he said, they said, well, who is he? Where is he from? What are his credentials? What seminary, Sister Helen, did he go to? What PhD does he have? The man said, I don't know about all of that. But all I know is that I was blind. He stirred up a concoction of mud and spit in it and whatever that Holy Ghost did. And when he put it on my eyes, I could see again in these eyes that I had never seen anything. And sometimes people want you to explain how you got what you got. But all you need to do is stop trying to explain it and say, I don't know. I know I was a hooker, but I know I'm not there anymore. I know I was a drunk, but I know I'm not there anymore. I know that I committed adultery all the time, but all I know is I don't have that desire anymore. All I know is I used to curse up and down the streets, but now all I know is that I don't have a desire to be evil anymore. I don't know how I got over here, but all I know is that the Lord delivered me. Can I get a witness? You don't have to explain how you got here. The Lord has delivered you. So all you need to do is be willing to say, I don't know how it happened. All I know, Reverend Bill, is that it happened. All I know is that I woke up one morning with my mind on Jesus. All I know is that one day I woke up with a change of heart. All I know is that one day I fell in love with Jesus Christ. And there will always be people in the world, point one, who want to tell you what you used to be, who want to tell you what you used to look like, who want to tell you that you are still blind even though you can physically see. But what I love about Jesus and what I found troubling, and I want us to watch Jesus, is that Jesus does something phenomenal. He heard what they had done to the man, Trustee Rana. And the word of God says that Jesus went back to find him. And it raises a question in my soul, how many of us take the time 
to respond to what we hear about other folk. If you hear I'm in trouble, don't talk about me. Come see about me. If I'm missing and I'm no longer in the circle, don't ignore it, but every now and then, maybe you just want to check in and say, are you still alive? And what I've discovered is that some of us are so caught up in our own worlds, we don't know who's missing, we don't know why they're missing, and we don't take the time to find out. So the first lesson that Jesus teaches us, Deacon Linda, if you love me, come see about me. I don't know, was that with the Temptations or Teddy Pendergrass? I don't know who said that. But anyway, if you love me, you ought to show some signs. If you love me, there ought to be some evidence. If you love me, then every now and then I ought to hear from you. If you love me, every now and then you ought to call my name out to Jesus. If you love me, there ought to be some evidence. And what's lacking now in our lives is evidence of love. So Jesus goes back. And the word says they had thrown him out. That caught my attention because sometimes... I feel like I'm still being thrown out as an outcast. You ever felt like an outcast? Y'all look so righteous and so uplifting and everything. You never felt outcast, discriminated against. You never felt left out of the conversation. You never felt that you didn't know what was going on. Have you ever felt that you're not supposed to be in this circle? Have you ever been in a circle and there's a cold language going on and you don't know that they're talking about you? Have you ever been in a situation that you really don't belong? Can I get it with you? Anybody ever had that happen? <laughs> but one of the things that I love about Jesus is that Jesus heard that he was an outcast. And Sister Cheryl, Jesus had the gall, the courage to go back to find out what went on. Where were you when Jesus found you? What street corner were you on? What situation were you in? Where were you when Jesus heard about you and said, I need to go back over here and let Sister Lily know that God loves her? I need to go back over here to let the sister know that God is still God. Where were you when the Lord found you? And that's what I love about this model that Jesus gets to us is that it's not enough, Malik, to just say you love me, but you ought to be able to show me that you love me and show up every now and then. And the word says that he found him. That's the second point. He found him. But he took the time to listen to him. You ever been in conversation with someone and they having eight other conversations? And you telling them the deep treasures of your life, the things that trouble your spirit, and you realize they didn't hear a word you said because they're doing something else, texting, on the computer. You never had that happen to you. And you say, well, I just explained that to her. Why didn't she get it? I don't understand. Jesus took the time to not only go find the man, but he also listened to what he had to say. How often do you really listen? There's no such thing as multitasking. 
I believed in that lie when I was in the corporate world. I used to buy into that theology until I learned better. Your brain does not work that way. And you cannot be in eight places at the same time or eight conversations at the same time. I don't care what your IQ is. It just doesn't work that way. And Jesus teaching us that being focused yields productivity. Being focused is real ministry. And what Jesus is also teaching us that ministry is holistic. You have to minister to people holistically, spiritually, emotionally, physically, psychologically. Ministry is not just a five-minute stop by the hospital. Ministry is more than a three-minute prayer. Ministry is listening and understanding what's going on in this person's life and asking, what is God requiring of me? My mother said to me the other day, she said, I never realized that you work nonstop all day, every day. She said, I never realized how much you work. I said, Mama, you can't choose what you want to do and what you don't want to do. Either you call or you haven't been called. Either you answer or you don't answer. But ministry is holistic, so you got to minister to the whole person. And the church has to minister to, right now we are into worship and our spiritual well-being. You can't minister to me if I'm starving to death. You can't minister to me if my body is racked with pain. You can't minister to me until you understand what avenue I live on and what my issues are. And Jesus takes the time to show us how to be holistic in our approach. And then he said to him, do you believe in the Son of God? The man said in verse number 36, who is he, sir? And the man asked, tell me so that I may believe in him. And Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one that you're speaking with. So the great theological question we raise today is, have you seen the Lord for yourself? Do you know who the Lord is? Do you know his voice? Do you know who Jesus is? And Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. And then the man said, Lord, I believe. Lord, I believed, and he worshiped him. To believe is not a temporary moment. To believe occurs numerous times throughout the English Bible. In the Gospel of John, believe appears more than 90 times. In Acts, it occurs about 40 times. For example, when religious leaders arrested Peter, and John, for preaching, Scripture says that many who heard their message believed. But belief is firm and solid and being convinced of the facts. It's not enough to just say, I think I believe or I partially believe. But to believe means nothing more than I am convicted. I believe that the Lord loves me. 
I believe that God is faithful. I believe that God is just. I believe in salvation. I believe that one day I'm going to be with the Lord. I believe that if I do what the Lord says and what's in his word, that I will receive an eternal reward. I believe that I've been called to serve the people of God. And I believe that as long as I worship God in spirit and in truth, that I can count on my Lord, my Savior, Jesus Christ. I believe that my God is strong enough to destroy the enemy. And I believe because the Bible said that no weapon formed against you will prosper. I believe that one day God's people will begin to worship him and be joyful about who God is. I believe that we will walk the streets and be able to tell people that it looks bad right now and you may feel like an outcast, but I know a man from Galilee. I know a man that God sent to save us who can deliver you because guess what? He delivered me. I believe that God can change any situation. And I believe that God can cast out demons. Can I get a witness? I believe that God can deliver us from racism. Can I get a witness? I believe that God can deliver us from hatred. Can I get a witness? I believe that God can deliver us from being colored to being ordinary people created by God. I believe that discrimination will dry up if we would just pray about it in the name of Jesus. I believe that salvation is for everyone who believes in the name of the Lord. I believe that cancer can be healed in the name of Jesus. I believe that diabetes can be cured in the name of Jesus. I believe that marriages can be saved in the name of Jesus. I believe, I believe, I believe that our children can be taught to love the God with all of their heart, all of their soul, all of their mind, and all of their strength. And I believe that one day we will turn to God again and that we will be with everything God has called us to be. I believe that God can stir up dry bones. And I believe that there are dry bones in the house of the Lord. But I believe that God can lift up those dry bones and give them a fresh anointing, and God will get the power in that person's life. I had an interesting experience with a personal friend, and I will not call her name. This friend had a vision problem. And the friend's vision continued to decline year after year after year after year. And eventually, this person could not physically see. But what I found fascinating, Deacon Gino, is that while this person could not physically see, God gave them a spiritual vision of what they could do for others. And so this person, instead of having a pity party about what they had lost, they began to praise God for the wisdom they had gained. And realizing that God is a God of vision. 
And God will show you everything that you need to see according to his divine plan. And this woman had the nerve to start an organization and to minister to other people who could not see. And I'm sharing this story with you because there are some of us right now who need to know that there's more to life than physical sight. There's more to life than what you think you need to see. And our prayer ought to be, Lord, show me what you want me to see. Show me, Lord, what you want me to do. And my prayer today is that we will all be more like Jesus. When you hear that someone has been outcast, go look for them. Go give them a word of encouragement and say, you have not been outcast as long as there's a living God in heaven. And then Jesus listens to what the man has to say. And he asked him, do you believe? So my question today, church, do you believe? Do you believe in Holy Ghost power? And Pastor Joseph, I want you to come because I want you to pray for the church that our belief will be restored in the power of God. And I want the people of God to come to the altar and you can acknowledge and bless social distancing. But we need to pray that God will open our spiritual eyes to show us the outcasts around us. You may come to the altar. We need to pray that God will show us the people in our families who are lost and who are not saved. We need to ask God to show us the people in our neighborhood and communities who need to know that there's a God of deliverance who loves you. And we need to ask God to dry up all disbelief so that we can believe in the power of Almighty God. Because once we believe in the power of Almighty God, Ruth, we can change any circumstance, any situation. And we live in a world and in a community that needs to be changed. Pastor Joseph, if you'll lead us in prayer. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Almighty God. Thank you, Lord. We are so grateful mm. for your grace and for your mercy. Thank you, Lord. It has been over a year mm. Thank you. since we've been able to come into your house as a body of Christ Thank you, Lord. to commune together. There are faces that we have not seen in over a year. And through it all, God, you have kept us. You have protected us, Lord God. We thank you that you've allowed, oh God, COVID-19 to pass over and not to enter into our homes. Lord, we come this morning to worship your holy and righteous name because there is none like you. You sit high and you look low, God. We bless your name for the privilege of being in your presence one more time. So, Father, I pray that you will go throughout this sanctuary, that you will touch each and every one of us, Lord God, that by your power and by your might, that you will fill us with your Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you, God, that you are in our lives, that you have saved us, Lord. Father, we may not be able to articulate all of the things that you've done for us, but God, like the blind man, we know, God, that you have blessed us. 
we know that we are here because of your grace and your mercy. We know that our families are protected because of your love for us, God. We know that we have a job because of your love for us, God. So we thank you on the day. We bless you, God. Even as we continue to struggle with this pandemic, we yet trust in you, God. And we know that you have brought us this far. You will not forsake us. You will see us through. So God, we pray, God, for the house of worship called Pleasant Grove Church. That you will continue to open up doors to bless, to heal, to save, to restore, God. That we will be a living witness in this community, God. We know that people need to hear the word. We know that souls are need to be saved. We need you, God. Father, we cannot make it without you. So touch us right now, I pray. And let your spirit abide in our hearts. That we may feel, Lord God, your presence. And leave this place renewed, transformed, and empowered to do your great commission work. We thank you for the word. And we thank you, God, that as we leave this place, that we will become doers of the word. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. What a word. Thank you, Pastor Preston. Thank you for the word. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or praise report or like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org. Thank you again.